Teacher told me off my academic team for having crawdads in my pocket. I said, eh, hey, well, it's more time for hoe digging, I reckon. Tuesdays with Scotty are not the opinions of Scotty White, but the opinions of the lizard people who secretly rule this planet. Thank you. You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Wonderful town, wonderful people, places to go, things to see. My love is Mobile. That's my wonderful town. Beautiful homes, schools and churches, entertainment, places to shop. My heart's in Mobile. That's my wonderful town. Mobcast Network presents... Live from Stupid Mop Studios, located in Mobile, Alabama. It's Tuesdays with Scotty. This is the podcast about whatever the hell Scotty wants to talk about. From pop culture to food, movies, comics, or games. Literally whatever the hell Scotty wants to talk about. If you don't like it, get your own podcast. Now here's your host, your Native American pop culture spirit guide, Scotty. It's Tuesday! I'm Scotty, and this is Tuesday with Scotty with glasses. I don't know. I barely can see with him. Uh, um, I felt so bad for last week for not having cable, uh, Caleb on uh, camera. I just like, just sit up here with me. So you get all of, we get all of Caleb. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm a new American pop culture spirit guy. Scotty, I'm joined by um, our producer, Caleb. Hey, everybody. And so it, it's Tuesday. We have a, uh, a special guest this week. It's going to be Johnny Gwynn, who... Uh, we talked a lot of fun stuff today. Yeah, so Johnny, Johnny Gwynn was fun. Uh, unfortunately, there will not be a uh, "What if I told you" segment this episode, uh, and I'll tell you why. I was uh, swamped this week, and I started working on start started working on one. And I got like about halfway through it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I started seeing who I could schedule to sit in on it, and I just couldn't. It just it didn't work out. <laughs> so uh, we'll do it in the future. We, we'll do it uh, hopefully next episode. We'll have a what if I told you? It's, uh, I have a couple of good ones lined up for that, so I'm excited. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tuesdays with Scotty. Um, you can listen to us on any fine podcast app. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we're at. Uh, please like, rate, and subscribe to us. Uh, and also um, on YouTube. We're on YouTube at uh, mopcast.com slash YouTube. No, wait, I'm, that was backwards. I had a dyslexic moment. My brain did not work. That was no wrong. So let's try that again. All right, so it's youtube.com slash Mobcast Network. Is it the sound for backup, right? Yeah. Or like like a messed up Wookiee. Or, or uh, boss ass. You so go bomb You so swing away. That's all I know. Something like turkey. We are, that's true. We did it very turkey-like. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk before we get, um, yeah. um, Johnny Gwynn. Uh, the first, uh, I have another name for this segment, but I just thought it was too cruel. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to call this the dumb people file. And, and this week's dumb people file, we have, um, this lady who is, um, Doing something to her car. It looks like she maybe she's trying to reach through her window for something. Yeah, that's what she's doing. Yeah. And then no, wait, no, that's that's a gas can. That's a she has a gas can. And then she's setting a fire. Oh my god, she exploded. 
but she's okay. Uh, <laughs> I scared Caleb with that, which was great. And also, <laughs> but at least she's going back for the can. Right, she's going back for the can because like that, or, or maybe looking for her eyebrows. Yeah, um, I like. I really want to mm. know the rest of the story. Like, I feel like it's pretty. I, I feel like that we just viewed uh, like somebody like, trying to get uh, fraud. Yes, or, or or someone listened to the Carrie Underwood song before he cheats way too closely. It's like I, I drove my kid. I'm going beyond driving the keys into his four wheel drive and slicing his tires. We're going to blow I, already, I, already, I already did all that stuff and it didn't work. Right, so we're going we're now going to blow up the car. And so, I she's lucky to be alive. Yes, that blowback looked terrible. I bet she got a concussion. That, that was an action movie like blowback. Oh, right, like oh, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And I'm I'm hoping it's not real, but it looks awfully real to me. So we'll keep it. You know, I will keep the illusion as long the kayfabe on that. <laughs> um, I own a toy store, and I sell toys, and sometimes I get toy videos and things. And um, one of the toy videos we got um it was from Hasbro a couple of weeks ago. And I wanted to mention an earlier podcast. We just can't get to it. Um, so last year Hasbro brought a created a um an optimus prime from transformers that really moved like and like like he was remote controlled in a way where he would automatically transform from truck mode to yeah robot and he would do like say things and move around you know i'm optimus prime and an autobox rollout and all that stuff all right so this thing was seven hundred dollars roughly uh, probably after ta- tax and shipping it's probably like eight something and so this year, they brought out a trailer because the, the last year you only got the robot. Now you know Optimus Prime is a transfer truck, and so you know you get a trailer, mm-hmm. you know, for the big rig. You need that trailer to call. And so the trailer auto- also automatically opens up and does crazy stuff. And Roller's um, in it, his little little wheel buddies in there, and it's you, know, you can operate it via um, your phone. And like the old R2-D2 yeah. video the Force Awakens come out? Yeah, with, with R2 and BB-8. R2 and BB-8, yeah. And so it's it's like one of those. And so I'm like, oh, that's neat. That's $300 at least to go. To, you know, so you have a $1,000 toy. Now, I was wrong. That is also $700. So $1,500 with tax, maybe close to $1,600 with tax and shipping. Who's buying this? I... God, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, God love them. The ambition and it's neat. I mean, if I had an extra, you know, couple grand around lying around, I would definitely get one of these bad boys. I remember when I thought Robo Sapien was expensive. (laughs) Oh, look at Robo Sapien! I had a Robo Sapien. Did you have a Robo Sapien? I also had the dinosaur one. Oh, I I don't remember the dinosaur one. Yeah, they they created the dinosaur one, and yeah. That was fun. Now, now kids have it easy. They got a little app. I had the remote that that came with. Oh, uh, so when I was a kid, there was a there there was a I, I want to say Tyco put this out, but there was a toy called Robotics, and they were kind of part a record set or Lego set, part toy robot. Mm-hmm. You could you could run. It had, you know, it had mechanical moving parts, you know, battery operated. But you put it together in, in different configurations and and stuff. And there was a cartoon. They made a cartoon yeah, of it. I was just searching it, and it almost pulled up the cartoon. Yeah. But I, I I specified toy. Right. But yeah. So I remember robotics. Yeah, I got a couple of them right here on my laptop. 
Got a desert rover. Yeah. Don't know what that one's supposed to be. Looks like a plane. It looks like a plane. That seems to be the popular one to post. Yeah, so there's like, you know, but you see it comes with all this stuff you yeah. know, to make it. Man, I never had any. I wanted some so bad, though. They were so cool. And uh, I mean, cause, and the cartoon was kind of neat. It was like there's these two alien races, uh, and they didn't like each other because, you know, of course they didn't because it's, it's an 80s cartoon. And their planet is dying, and so they they go and, like, they sleep underground while the disaster happens. And so, you know, the thought is in the future they will – get thawed out or whatever and then you know rebuild mm-hmm. society and instead their brains get transformed into these robots and these humans land on the planet and they so it's good faction humans and bad faction humans they, they align each other with each different kind of good or bad robotics to you know do stuff yeah it turns out like pilots help make the robotics better hmm. so found a robo raptor there it is oh that's, that's, that's a blue one though i had just the regular white and black maybe they upgraded since you were little yeah and then they've got the now they've got a black and blue version of Robo Sapien. Mm, this is cool. You can have Elmo as as a uh, yeah. Less less than he's a robot. Elmo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we saw Doctor Strange, and if yes. you saw the, the review yesterday, uh, we we do a very spoiler spoilery review of it, so that's out. But yeah, I just want to cover a little bit of that stuff for the show. Yeah. Um, uh, we got Johnny Gwynn coming up. Uh, it's a a really interesting talk. Um. It, it's kind of all over the place, but it's interesting. Johnny's fascinating. Johnny's also like um, Jared, who uh, Bud Long, who runs for run for governor. Johnny's running for president, and apparently it's a lot easier to run for president. So I'm yeah, curious. apparently, apparently less uh, red tape blocking you. Right. So that, that's we got that going for us. So uh, stay tuned and enjoy the show. To survive a cosmic storm that devastates their planet, the Protectons and Terracors are forced to transfer their essences into the huge, powerful bodies of robotics. Robotics! And once again, the ancient hostilities between the Valiant Protectons and the evil Terracors erupt into violence, each side made stronger by an organic interface with human beings. Who puts the future in your hands? Hey everybody, I got Johnny Gwen here. Woo! Fried Studios and lots of other things. You, sir, are a crazy busy man. I, I idle hands were bad for me. <laughs> for many reasons. That's true. I understand that completely. Um I'm a workaholic and I enjoy what I do. I get to make podcasts. I I I love making podcasts. I it's I every once in a while I'll question why the hell I'm doing this. Right. And I'm sitting there at eleven o'clock and I'm by myself and I'll listen to human voices and then I'll hear a great inspirational story that came out of the studio and i'll go oh yeah that's why i do it because i I, that that gave me chill bumps for something else that i've already heard for the second time right and that's what keeps me in the game i really love it so let's start way back at the beginning so what's your origin story of podcasting no no of of johnny gwen spoiled rotten only child uh, <laughs> so you didn't come from like another planet from krypton and no i wish <laughs> crashed I, into kansas let me tell you what i wish i had this wonderful backstory but to be honest i grew up in a very comfortable place to live daphne alabama i went to parochial school in mobile alabama i uh was raised pretty easily as uh i won't say it was eat well it wasn't i wasn't uh rich but i didn't want right you're only child right you're comfortable, mm-hmm. comfortable and then uh became an automaton at the university of alabama and started dressing like everybody else which i was never that way really growing up and then became that way and then 
over time learned to be my own person and then somehow found out in my late 20s i was an, uh, i had an artistic spark and someone who wasn't artistic right and then now i do graphic design and i do podcasting i can make so now i don't even label myself i'm a maker mm -hmm. but i came from two great parents john and cheryl and, who, and i've met cheryl uh, who put up with me and i don't know how they didn't kill me growing up i love your mom because every time you know when, when you were doing the alcohol the live show your mom would be there and mm -hmm. she's like oh my God, scotty and it was like very few people treat me like a celebrity, but your mom does for oh, some yeah. reason. <laughs> well, you look, there's a circle in the city where I would say there are real entertainers here, and we got to do it on the Uncle Henry show that, oh, yeah. I, that I got to produce. Oh, yeah. You were, I think you were a guest twice. Yes, twice. But it was so great to see the uh, power and the talent that are around us. And like I said, you, you are a machine. You're a content machine. Mm -hmm. You drop... And that's your content where I am the kind of the man behind the curtain, the wizard behind mm -hmm. the curtain where everybody makes shows and gets to be on the mic. But I make the shows. I'm jealous of the fact that you get to be the face and the voice. Of oh, the no one else well. wants to do it. So I was like, well, I'm going <laughs> to do it. I'm just, I'm but you're willing it. to do it and you have a curious soul. That's, right. that's a big right. thing. And, you know, I just, you know, I, f I find people like you fascinating. Well, ditto, my friend. And so, you know, that's why I wanted you on the show because, like, like, like I said, I, I mean, we've been friends for a few years, I right? Mean, which is weird because I'm through circles, right? Like, but mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised our circles didn't meet sooner. And so, age. There's a big age difference. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm 51. You're 51, so you're seven years older than me. Well, that's not too bad. No, that's not too bad. I thought okay. you were a lot younger than that. No, I'm 40. I'll be 45 this year. Okay. So, um, so, so, still, like, like on the even periphery, which is it, this never. Well, it was, yeah. just, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting, but, but however, when we collided, it was like a freight train. So it worked out, <laughs> especially people that are, we do the same thing, but not the same way. Right. Right. And right. that's mm -hmm. what I, I don't know if I want to be around another me. Right. Uh, but I do love other voices and other, like, uh, I was a musician. That was okay. My movement to art was always my love of music. Right. You're and, a bassist. And, and, ba ba if I was ever getting paid, it was be me. It was me playing bass. Right. Yes. And it was so funny. Music was so much a part of my life from an early age. And I didn't grow up with musician parents, but musicians around me. Right. That I didn't think that music really was an art form. It was a thing. Like, it was just like air around me. And I knew, I mean, right. that sounds weird. No, no, right? no, no. no. I, but the no, idea no. was like, it wasn't that. Now, an, an illustrator was different. Right. Because it was something that wasn't around me. And it almost like magic. Right. Where I watched friends of mine grow up. that become They actually became number one hit making people. You right. Know? So, yeah. so I remember... My my family are not music. My my, yeah. my mother and father are not musicians. Um, I wasn't either. And I'll tell you how I got into it in a minute. But there there's a point in my life where I enjoyed music and mostly listening to, you know, top forty on WBB. Sure, that's, that's, that's what we had. That's what we had. So so and you know you know with our recorders taping mm -hmm. you know you know, you know the you know, the crashes in the top nine or what was the I forgot what is that he had a whole thing for the top nine. I forgot what it's called, but it's you know, crashes, crash with the top nine. So your top nine hits, of the, you know, but it was, it was still kind of like what my parents listened to. And I'm correct. And I was just the, the byproduct of that. I, you know, mm. I enjoyed it, but, it, and I still have like, I still have like a deep connection to eighties music and stuff. You haven't found, you, you hadn't, you hadn't found your sound. Right. Yet. I didn't find yeah. my, my niche and my niche ended up like when I started discovering music on my own was like, you know, 92 when it, the grunge era got me like, right. it was like yeah. here, like they look cool. They have this weird, the big reset, right? It, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm the product of this. I'm like, it, yeah. it, it, it hits me like yeah, it went from hair bands, right? Went from hair, so to, so to plaid, to plaid shirts so, and, and, and 
uh, nasty, ugly hair. <laughs> so I mentioned this before on other shows, but my very first concert here, my very first concert ever actually, was in 92, in the spring of 92, was Paula Abdul and Color Me Bad. Yeah, that was top four, top 10 music. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And the Scat Cat there, MC Scat Absolutely, Cat. MC Scat Cat's there. <laughs> MC Scat Cat, um, um, MC Scat Cat's there. Um, she ruins me on concerts for a long time because when she comes on stage the stage floor opens up and she's on riggings and she flies on oh, stage so that, that's so a, I'm that's like big production right, right, right. and mm -hmm. so i'm like and this was like like the the civic center and so and i'm like oh this is how i've never seen a concert so i'm like they fly on stage this is like it's how this happened that was probably one of the top tours that that I, year absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. And so and of course i'm shocked he was that they were at the civic center oh, so there was a big controversy too because yeah. it was in may and so it was during graduation time. You normally they have oh, graduation right. there. They'd, they'd be filled with uh, 9,000 parents. Right. And so they had to kick them to the theater. And oh, hilarious. And so there was a big, like, it was all over the news. Oh, yeah. It was a big, it was a big thing. <laughs> so cut to, <laughs> cut to, like, I don't know, 20 years later, I am, I'm sitting with Uncle Henry at his house and we're talking and this story comes up and he says, um, Oh, there's a couple that got married there. I said, yeah, there's a couple who got married there because Paul Abdul on that Spellbound album has a song called Marry Me. And part of the tour was couples got married at our show. Like, did she do the service? No, he did. Uncle Henry did? Yeah. What? Yes. Is he an ordained, like, the he got ordained, Universal Life Jerk? Right. Like yeah, he got ordained yeah. in 92 to wow. do this part of the radio promotion. And so he's, you know, he's the one doing it. That is a uh, factoid nugget that Uncle Henry probably doesn't want people knowing. No, no, he's very proud of it. <laughs> um, here's the fun fact on top of that. The couple he keeps in touch with still together. That is awesome. I want to talk to them so no bad. No lie. That is I'd great. Love to make a, I would love to make a documentary on all the. All Are the, they local? Yeah, they're local. Okay. I would love to do a documentary on them, but like any of the other Paul Abdul marriage families in right. the country, that would, oh, that would be so amazing. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the train wrecks of some of the other? I know, right? <laughs> you know, I think it would be. A, but you'd have to pepper in the nice, sweet one every no, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you'd have to make it work, but like, wouldn't that be fascinating? Look, uh, yeah. 30 45 minutes all it, you need i have seen get paul on there should talk about it much smaller versions of that at bar concerts and i can tell you none of those lasted i think to the night like it was some weird right. but it was it was real stuff it was right. they, it was real habit it was not smart thing right but so that's awesome man. So, so that was my that's first, your first concert first, first, and i was in love with her because so her, 92 how old were you i'm 14 14 uh, almost okay. turning 15 uh, i'm a freshman in high school and uh, i am 411 wow Paul Abdul's you were a shrimp. Yeah, I was shrimp. Uh, I, I went my 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 growth spurt happened that summer. So Hilarious. I so I got off the bus uh, a foot taller. Who's I, that guy? Right, and my and my voice. Had I like I became a man over the summer. <laughs> I got pubes and everything. Right, exactly. It was like, mm -hmm. I was very much Garth from Wayne's <laughs> World, and so, and so I got pubes. <laughs> but like, um, so I, you know, I step off the bus and I'm I've got this, you know, uh, hello, I'm Scott. No one recognizes me. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. So. And then it, you know, the, over the over the next few years, I end up in my final height at six two. But I feel like I was literally four eleven to five eleven and three. It sucks. Yeah, that is. Uh, but man, I bet you your uh, parents were like, dude, with the, the the clothes with this kid. No, luckily it was during the summer, so it was like oh, right. yeah, she shorts. Has, yeah, shorts yeah, right. So, so yeah. it, it, it was fine. Um, the I I'm, I made I my my buddy Josh. I met him around this time, and he's a couple years younger than me. His dad taught English at the high school and he was the cool english teacher he's the one who was like 
uh he was the first influence musical in from for me who weren't wasn't my parents yeah, I, yeah nice yeah, right because I, yeah. I, I didn't have a cool uncle who like listened to a lot of music I, yeah. I, you know, like like a lot of guys do i, I didn't have this so i just <laughs> was literally top 40 was my life yep. and so um he was like Oh well, here's the Beatles, and like I knew of the Beatles, right. like because well, your parents. Well, not even that. Yeah. There was like, I mean, like again, I tell you, my parents are not very musical. If it's not top forty at the time, they weren't listening to it. I mean, the, that's like saying you don't just, know Mozart. I mean, the Beatles are just uh, kind of cultural osmosis, right? Right, kind of, yeah. absolutely, because yeah. they're influenced yeah. everything else. But like, I had like basically known them from reruns of the old Beatles cartoon show. Yeah, me too. TBS, but random, random in the morning. Well, yeah. <laughs> WPMI ran them on when I was little yeah. during the day, you know, during the morning, and so that's that's how I kind of like so, and, and I knew like. A couple of songs, but, but he was like, oh, no, no, here's the Beatles. And so that huge influence on me. Well, his son's awesome. Uh, he, you know, similar in age. We have similar uh, taste, but he's got, got him this musical background from his dad who knows everything about mm-hmm. music. Just He just knows everything. And so, um, his, you know, Marcus, he plays guitar. Um, and then so Josh started playing guitar. And then our other friend, Steven, started playing guitar. And so I'd go to their house and sit on the couch and be bored with these two guys playing guitar because they're really into it. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I, I went home the night. I was like, I need a guitar so I can hang out with my friends. That's right. So I literally got into guitar playing from peer pressure. I, I wasn't <laughs> interested. And I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I can, I can hang with it. Yeah. And you, mainly, play, you can play around a campfire. I can play around a campfire. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at Wonder World parties. But, <laughs> but I mean, I'm never going to cut an album. But I think it's because my heart was never in it. It was literally peer pressure. But and, and but it was uh, you you like the camaraderie. I, I love it, and, and right, that right. that was the glue. Right, that was that was the glue. Yeah. And so from that out, and and then I really wanted to play mandolin for years. But I have giant fingers. Yeah, tough for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it was. And so I moved to ukulele, which you can make sound like anything. You can. And yeah. So, and so I played that for years. And so and uh, that was the first instrument like, that clicked for me. Like I like the sound of it, and it's yeah. you know, very portable, and you can do a lot of stuff with. It. But that's how my four way got in. I mean. Into, into well, yours is serious, similar to me, right? Only child, uh, like I said, uh, my other family was really big in sports, hunting, fishing, kind of was that way, but not really. But then, uh, I went to a greater um, Alabama state fair at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. right? And there was a kid that I knew from my class that I wasn't friends with in fourth grade, we were in fourth grade, right? It was a guy I knew, but we weren't close, right? And we were the only ones there that day, and we became friends that day. And uh, I think I spent the night at his house. You know, you know. Like, <laughs> I really like this guy, but whatever. <laughs> well, it was great. You know, it was, just, it was a really a cool guy, and much different than everybody else I was around. And he was the youngest of five kids. And I went to his house in Midtown Mobile, and uh, it was great because I always I love being an only child, but I love a big family because it's so different, right? right. Oh my god, it's amazing. And he had these beautiful two sisters too, by the way. So again, that's yeah, helpful. Amazing older sisters, um, and then. Long story short, within that first 12 hours of up in his room, he had this massive attic room. You know, those old houses had that big mm-hmm. room. It used to be an attic. They turned into like this big, huge room. Right. He's with his older brother, who is a freshman or sophomore at McGill Tulane High School. Right. So he's already listening to REM and The Clash right. and all that in 1983. Right. So I went from the Eagles to the sex pistols in one jump oh hell yeah and with and it was so amazing to hear that for the first time to hear you know anarchy in the uk it was like i didn't know if i hated it or loved it right you know and that was and by the time that weekend was over my parents thought i'd been like possessed by some demon <laughs> because i was buying and bringing home all this weird stuff right and at first my dad was a little freaked out by you know early days of punk you know right. well it's later days 
for punk, but it's early days for me. But it was kind of scary music. But I made that jump from, you know, my parents and top 40 to this new college radio music and the punk rock scene. And it, it was a huge jump, but also major part of who I am today. So, so going back to the other story, right. album covers and skateboarding, right. which I learned from my friend Jason Phillips. That was his name. And his family. And I just, uh, by the way, I let their family adopt me as in I just came over and stayed and never left. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, Wednesday through Sunday, I just stayed at their house uh, all the way through my sophomore year of high school. And that's just what I did. And, right. And then went home uh, Sunday through Tuesday. Right. So the same same situation yeah. for me and Josh. I just, I became an honorary. So it is. I just, and, and by the way, his parents didn't, the Phillips, wonderful. Right. They were, Jason was the fifth baby. They didn't even notice if he was there or not. Right. You know, saying like it was like free range parenting, right. you know, and so the whole thing was like, oh, Johnny's here, and they didn't know if I was there or not. It was right. like, and I didn't cause a problem, right? The thing, but yeah, you know, but he was great. He's still one of my closest friends. We don't spend time together, right? He's in the middle. Well, I can't shouldn't say all this stuff, but they, he's yeah. all over the world, right, right? And then we get to text every once in a while, and it's like we're fourteen year old kids in his uh, and, thing, that, and that room again, same thing, listening same to REM for the first time. I, I don't get to hang out with Josh as much as I like, but yeah. I, I mentioned this the other day to him is that. I don't remember the date, the exact date, but I know it's this month that we met mm -hmm. 29 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, next year's our 30th bro anniversary. We need to go do something. And it's amazing how important like people don't have that person friends. is. Oh, yeah. And, and it's amazing how influential that relationship became with other friends of mine mm -hmm. because I truly met a free thinker that was 13 years old right. and didn't give a crap about what people thought about him. Right. And that was not an act. That was true, and that's who he is today. Right. Mm. And when you meet somebody who I will say still worries about being validated all the time, a part of me, a very big part of me, is also Jason Phillips that says, Screw all those people. Do you like what you're doing? And do you like it? Mm. And that all and that's all that matters. And I met that kid at 13 years old. And that, that's and that's what I think what scared my parents a little bit. Right. Yeah. For for me, Josh is and was, especially back then, was this. He inherited this music gene. He's sure. super, very, very, very talented guitar player, and it was just a sheer joy to just be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Like even if I'm riding on the coattails and hanging out, we we had a few high school bands, and it was it was, it was really fun. And now we just go like every, we meet up every other weekend and do karaoke. It's great. That's great. And so and so that's it's our. I just love that you can sing. I I, I can't. I've, I've tried. I've taken lessons. I didn't take. No, I I, I um. It's funny. I can sing certain things. I just, I just, I'll, I don't do it. I'll put it this way: I can carry a tune, only so far. <laughs> well, you have to. That's the beauty of being. By the way, even the best singers will tell you this: I can sing what I should be singing. Right. Is the thing you have to learn. That's karaoke. Can. I sing what I want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you know, I love all these. Like, they're not parody songs, but I was going back to my record collection and, and I found a couple of records that are like one was this guy named uh, Ed Haynes. And he has not a great voice, but he was a folk singer in 1981. <laughs> he would open up single acoustic folk singer that would open up for punk rock bands. Do you know how hard that would have been? Oh, do? absolutely. But again, talk about punk rock. Imagine going out and seeing Woody Guthrie type songs in front of a skinhead crowd waiting <laughs> to hear the damned. Right. Or, uh you know, alien sex fiend or whatever it is, or that's actually a, not a punk rock band, but the vomit spots. Right. But I mean, to go out there, but the, when you listen to his like folk thing, it's incredibly punk rock as in songs like I want to kill everybody is done in the Bob Dylan right. style. But he sang a certain way. It was kind of talky and funny. And I was like, 
that would be the only thing I can actually get away with. It's funny, it's talky, and then uh, it's not so much the singing. It's the if you listen to me, you'll laugh with me. I was looking. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look. So yeah. you, you triggered a memory thing. Yeah. Um, have you seen the um? You're a big vinyl collector. Uh, there's a great documentary on on industrial musicals. I have not industrial musicals. Yeah, so like I'm guessing they're from Germany. No, 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 not not industrial music. Okay, but industrial right. musicals. So like, uh, like. When Chevron or, or Texaco, <laughs> a musical set in a factory, right? So, 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 I, Caleb, see if you can find. I love it. it. No, yeah. I get it. It's, it's yeah. like see if you can find the name of this documentary. But it's, I keep kind of with wax tracks, and I don't think that's it. But it's a, it's an industrial, uh, record, a documentary about like Texaco and wait, wait here, okay. here, yeah. here's what it is. There's a record collection of these of these um, in the fifties. Until like the Walmart was doing them into the nineties when they would do their big corporate um, retreat. Bat uh, came out in twenty eighteen. Bathtubs over Broadway. Yeah, bathtubs over Broadway. Bathtubs over Broadway. Thank you. And so and um, so um, it's um, these corporate retreats would do like full scale musicals about their products or oh wow or and they had the money to do it too. right right so it's like Texaco and Maytag and. Oh, I get it. So they, they create like a 20 minute vignette to do at their annual meeting. Right. And then they, that, that uh, they, Andrew Lloyd Webber might have scored. Right. Right. Yeah. All these, yeah. And so, so this guy, um, he is in love with this stuff. He discovered yeah, his yeah, old record. That is super niche. Wow. Right. And, and so then he, his old documentary is like he's tracking down the people who made them and oh, what's yeah. up with it. And so um, I'll send it to you because it is like. That's like the ultimate sellout of it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which but, I'm all but, for. I'm a but, capitalist. But so, it was know. like, but it was like, it's a lot of these guys are like who are starting their careers, yeah, and they're yeah, making started somewhere, but they're making like bank because those corporate jobs make you. They'll throw money at. They don't care. We talked about stand up comedians before we started, right? Yeah, you want to look at what they pay those stand up comedians. These dudes, come, 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 oh, it is like right. three hundred grand to do a twenty minute set. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So it's that kind of money, you know, yeah. you know, adjusted for for uh, inflation, but um, for those they like they paid for my year, and that, so that's why they did. Right. It. I could do all the cool projects by doing so this one thing, this one lame thing by Texaco, and so it's a. So I, I'll have to find it for you. So wait a minute, do you have any of these records? I don't. Never, I didn't ever heard. It. I found the documentary and I was like, oh, this I bet is, these are Holy Grail records. Oh, they're they're absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. so, wow. Yeah, I'll see you. You'll like. You'll get a kick out of it. So you learn something new every day. I know, you? right? Mm-hmm. I know. Right? So I thought, that was fun. I yeah, I, I'm gonna have to ask that at my my people in the record shops. Hey, I'm looking for these. Uh, Annual report like Broadway shows that were made for Texaco and Chevrolet. <laughs> right. That were recorded and put on wax. Right. Yeah. Right. Someone actually put it on. And they're like on, on vinyl. And a lot of them are like in the National Archives. Like he what was just, years were these? Like, you said 2018 for the documentary. Yeah, but the, yeah. What, what were these events? Like from the 50s on to, like I said, Walmart did it up until the 90s. Yeah. And yeah, now they're doing the, them again. The description said the for the documentary mentioned until the 70s. But like you said, yeah, certain companies right, kept going. Like Walmart, like they show video of like Walmart doing it in the 90s. Yeah. Like I'm your salesperson, and this is where you know, talks singing about sexual harassment. <laughs> sexual like, sexual harassment, Panda. Amanda, right? So, so th- that it totally makes look. That, I'm graphic designer by trade, as you know. Uh, I, that's my job for well, for years, twenty years. And uh, corporation would do these amazing, like one of the gr- dream jobs you would get at the bigger uh, design studios was uh, you would take. Like let's say the Rand Corporation, right, right. or IBM, mm-hmm. uh, would show up and say, 
we're doing our annual report and we want you to come up with this annual report and they would have like a million dollar budget and it's this annual report would have all the financials in it but they want to wrap it around something that was beautiful right, and like right. you'd make this like maybe you're making a fake cowboy like a western book right with all this stuff in it and it, and you would get to work with because the budgets were crazy right those don't exist anymore because no one operates like that right so so you would take that and then they would do use part of that budget right. we, like we want a western. Ca- we want a cowboy musical to go a along version with of oklahoma mm-hmm. it's called chevrona right right for, for <laughs> we want to tie this in so that's and so you send these sales guys or managers and stuff to, to the, you know, the corporate retreat and then suddenly you have to sit through this 30 minute Broadway style. <laughs> I would like to know in the record shop what that would classification that would be on. I think it's like industrial musical. I think that's what they call it. It, does, it makes sense. I get it now. It's like because right. it's like pay to play kind of thing. Right. In the industrial sector. It's right. so funny. It's man. usually like you like in the weird, the weird stuff section. But... Well, and I used to do that at comic book shops when I would go in and say, hey, where's the box of you don't know where to put it? Right. Because I always love those weird. Right. There's always these weird autobiographies. And go again. Uh, I got to where I was going to comic book shops, and uh, I had so much ridiculous comics, like that I was never, it was not even collecting at that point. It was just hoarding. Mm-hmm. And then I got to a point where I said I can't buy any more comic books because I, I I'm just sitting on too much. It's a mm-hmm. waste of money, in my opinion. It's just an addiction. And then I I made a uh, a change to be able to still go to comic book shops. It's like I can buy for other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I, I would go to that weird box. And I, that's where I found the the unauthorized rock and roll comics. Oh, yeah. Those which, are great. Which, again, people who don't give a crap about comic books, friends of mine mm-hmm. that love Led Zeppelin, they go nuts when I framed that Led Zeppelin book. Oh, yeah. And they still, it's on their wall. And I was like, dude, that's how you get people into like weird or uh, niche uh, subcultures is give them something they're already into of the subject matter. You know? Yeah, the other weird way, um, well, Marvel's real bad about this too. They'll do uh, the movie tie-in book. Mm-hmm. So oh, the movie tie-in book, yeah. Right. So so you'd get the comic book edition of the movie and like my favorite, I have it over there somewhere. But uh, 2010, the year we made contact, they made a com- Marvel does a comic book version of it. Wait, what movie is this? 2010. The year 2010. We- I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. the year we made contact. Oh so wow. The P- Peter Himes sequel to. Yeah, 2001, which I love. Yeah. I love that movie. It's the big baby on the Yeah, it's, it's got the other Star Child. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that movie's weird. I think uh, but it's, but it's got um, the guy from Jaws is the main dude. Yeah, it's Roy, Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider's in it. Yeah. It's got um, um, uh, John Lithgow's in it. Heron Millen's Mirren's in it. A young, a, a young Helen Mirren, right? As a like a Russian pilot, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, I need I need, I need to go back and watch that movie to see what they thought 2010 would look like because 2001 looks nothing oh, like the world. 2010 <laughs> does not look anything like no no no. Mm. Oh man, yeah. Where is the where's our life in outer space? Right. Also, also the Jupiter didn't turn into a sun. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> Wow, that's is that's the end of that movie. You get us because because uh, also in 2010, uh, the Soviets are still around, and so it's a big Cold War era movie, right? Cause of course, because yeah. in the 80s, because in yeah. the 80s we never thought the Cold War would end, and so um, maybe it's starting back. Probably, probably Putin really wants. Let's that just back. hope it's just a Cold War, right? And so, um, so the whole big thing is to make peace. The, you know, the universe makes the Jupiter second sun and offer four moons as different planets so you can live on oh fantastic that, so that's the, the utopia the, society the, from right. all the strife and then then there's two more books after that too they did it's, uh clark wrote um he wrote 2001 with kubrick and then did two, 2010 about 15 years later and then he did 261 
260. I didn't know about this one. All right, so here's the plot 261. So that, I, <laughs> see, my show can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, so obscure. No, it's actually not. It's not anything that obscure. 2001 was freaking huge. I'm sorry. So um, at the end of 2010. Jupiter becomes a sun they name Lucifer. That's not. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Lightbringer. Okay. Lightbringer. That's like. Yeah. That Clark was being clever. The morning star. And so they do. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. They do um, uh, Europa, Io, Ganymede, and one other becomes a planet you can live on. Except you can't. No one can land. Like, like there's a warning that you don't land on Europa because the monoliths are creating new life forms there. Mm. And so everybody's been watching. Um, Europa develop. And then the story is, well, what if you accidentally crash on Europa and all the bad stuff that happens because you've been warned not to do it and then you do it anyway. Yep. So that's a whole big... And it becomes like almost like um, the gods must be crazy. 3001 is the last book and it's um, Frank Poole, the guy who gets blown out of the airlock in the first one. Um, they, yeah. fi they find him and they thaw him out. Of course. And he's existing in this new, you know, it's, a thousand years. It's, it's roughly natural cryogenic. Right. And so he, he's now living in this world a thousand years from what he knew and how uh, different and crazy it is. Classic fish out of water. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Arthur C. Clarke's writing. Um, I thought I was. And then I just realized I liked that series. Right. And yeah. it was like everything else I read. I was like, I just can't get into, but I really like this, the 2001 series. Well, uh, Again, part of our lexicon of how we grew up. We grew up watching those movies. Absolutely. And even if you don't like it, uh, that's that beauty of, I think you used to do a show called uh, Does It Stack? Right, How It Stacks. How It Stacks. And the idea is like, I just nostalgic-wise just think something is so freaking wonderful and I go back in its natural state and watch it again and go, in a time and place, this was great. Not so much now. Do, do you have an example that like that's come to mind recently? Oh yeah, Miami Vice, worst <laughs> TV show ever. It's shot great though, Michael. Oh, no, I don't know. It, again, in, in time and place, right. was, it was groundbreaking. First of all, one thing was they used the actual rock and roll song, not right. a fake version. Right. Of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, first show to really do and, that, and, and, and definitely. And and I still think that the the the, the title track holds up. It's a pretty cool title right. track. The original pilot two-hour movie kind of holds up. Right. I, I, the episodes I, don't hold up. I, I absolutely agree yeah. with you. I think the two-hour pilot yeah. is great, especially like the um, in the air and the night sequence when they have yeah, yeah, the, the car, the mm. car, the drive. It's, it's, awesome. it's a basically a Phil Collins music video. Right, again, they it. shot it in the same style of right. what was rising up as MTV. Yeah, right. Time. Absolutely. Again, and then, again, I mean, again, that also launched the, like, these young directors that right. got a chance to like work in that world yeah, but, was the tv said look what's going on in this music video i mean it's solidified it michael mann's career i mean oh, he's smart enough to, to like we need to do a show for the mtv generation and they're like no we don't and then suddenly go oh my god we need that and we need more of this and he also made him cool right thank right. you i mean like yep. cool cops right. you know and also i mean you know lived on a boat at an alligator I mean, right. it was a little absurd which is right. great now i will say uh philip michael thomas yep has Cubs. like has like either two speeds zero or three or 100 miles <laughs> nothing in the middle no, yeah. and i was like how that guy had a career i have no idea but you know hey look it works what works it works but again uh, that's one of those things of like wow i love this show growing up tried to watch it i got three and a half episodes in and, and had to like pull the plug so for me and, and and as recent as as this week um i'm a big fan of tubi oh yeah yeah My, well I'm, i started with sling and now i'm into tubi right and, yeah and, mm -hmm. and, and this is how i describe tubi to everyone who don't have they don't have tubi yet i'm like everyone a it's free show everyone should get it sure um, Netflix is the blockbuster Hollywood video. 
Tubi's that dingy, dark mom and pop yeah, video right. store downtown that's kind of that had the porn section. Right, right. But not even that, but it's kind of sketchy. It's like by a Chinese restaurant and a tattoo yeah. parlor, and like your parents, like ah, I know you really want this move, but I don't know if it's safe to go down here. Right, exactly. Like, like Batman's parents <laughs> died around the corner from here. It's that's that's Tubi, and that's and it's just full of all this just nostalgia bomb and junk, so you can't find anywhere. This week, um, they released Freddy's Nightmares, a Nightmare on Elm Street the series whoa that was on fox no it's syndicated syndicated it was syndicated it was syndicated wow. from like 87 to 89 so i'm guessing what two seasons yes two seasons yeah. mm-hmm. and like uh brad pitt's in an early episode <laughs> i mean it's got a lot of, uh Tony what, Hooper, what year is this 87 to, uh 87 to 89 yeah okay that was when i found cars and girls right so, right yeah. but see i i hadn't i was right. like again I, I'm 10 to 13 this was, yes. right so i was like that's just like yeah, it's Friday night. I'm, I'm, I'm Friday night living in Perdido, Alabama. I'm not going anywhere. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so me and Freddie Krueger are going to have 30 minutes and really enjoy ourselves. And um, I watched the pilot that Toby Hooper directed, and it's it's kind of an origin story of Freddie Krueger. Nice. So it's the trial and how he gets off on the trial and the parents burn him up. And then the show becomes basically the twilight zone with freddy i have va- i vaguely remember and this. so some episodes are better but i got two i'm like you i got about three and going i was really but the, the, i didn't see it yeah I, I was like At first oh, like like what are you, oh my god i can't i haven't seen this and so i can't wait to watch it and then like why am i watching this <laughs> yeah that, that is funny yeah. and it's so funny you say give me an example there's probably 10 in the last couple months i just can't pull it off my head because they're, they're that un, they're that un, they're that forgettable yeah right uh the other one for me was v Mm. Yes. Well, again, uh, TV not using the the best resources of their yeah right time. I I will say but it was cheap. It was cheap. It was right. cheap entertainment. Yeah. But however, with V, I I I I still like the miniseries and the final battle. The two miniseries are yeah. fun to watch. The series itself, aimless and weird. But the- but again, I like the idea of it. The merchandising is awesome. It still is awesome. Right. And by the way, do you want that baby to be cool? I want it to be garbagey. That's it makes it better to have that baby <laughs> oh, look yeah. that bad. Yeah, we've yeah, we've, we've talked about that. We've talked this back to uh, I think on the Star Wars show we talked about that. Like, like I remember I w- it so I was seven when the final battle came out. So the birth of this baby. And so first thing you know, the normal baby Elizabeth comes out. And then she has the snake tongue, the yeah. lizard tongue, and they're like, oh, oh, and then like the grotesque baby, and it's like, <laughs> and I remember being terrified, terrified of it, and um, I'll have to share this to everybody, but um, did you, did you record yourself? No, this was seeing weird. it for the first no, time. No, that was that would have been amazing. I will tell you something that does hold up with a time of those movies around that time period. Oh yeah, uh, when uh, American Werewolf in London, when he when he becomes that werewolf, was mm-hmm. not was before CGI, right? Right. I just saw that recently, and it, it oh, yeah. looks really it's real. really really good. Yeah. It's we did, terrifying. We did it on the podcast. That was coming a live episode. Yeah, on the live episode. We did it a couple yeah. years back, but yeah. Um. No, I was scared of this. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, look at that face. Right. Yeah. That's a hand puppet. <laughs> a, that, yes. That, rubber. That, that's a rubber hand right. puppet. That's something you could have got at like Burger King. You know? yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's not some famous, you know, um, you know, uh, creature creator. No, I doubt. No, no, there's, there's not again, a TV, TV, TV was, yeah. TV was again, this weird bastion of accountants running entertainment. But, yeah. Like shit like they that. Were, Wasn't that so cool? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah it's just, and like, was, again, the early days of lizard people. Yeah. People like, this is great. What's crazy though. At the same time, like up until the two thousands, they were really experimental 
but they didn't have the budgets for all those sure. experimental things. Like on Battle the on five. Yeah. On the opposite end, like I remember I, I, I once again go into Tubi, I rewatched Blade the series, which actually surprisingly is better than Did it hold up for you. Yeah, it held like, up. Is Wesley Snipes? No, 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 no. Yeah, they they yeah, yeah, this okay. was after all the drama so from Blade Trinity. When when the National Network became Spike. Yeah, that was right. Oh yeah, right. That's, yeah, the, yeah that it was, was Spike first, TV. It was one of Spike TV's first shows. Man, y'all forget all these like rogue, not rogue, but the, you know they found a market. Cable TV was growing, right? Uh, you and you had these, the, you know, movie networks, UPN, yeah. right? Uh, you know, uh, Fox. But I mean, yeah, they're putting yeah. out movies because they're sitting on just. I mean, just think of the archives, right? Yeah. Of a movie. I mean, think of all the pilots that didn't even make yep. certain things. You could go back and relook at. Right. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah. To know you had your own network, you weren't selling it to ABC, NBC, CBS, mm -hmm. and say, "Wait, we could actually like make this into something pretty." Again, which changed network TV yeah. over time, well, which the internet changed everything well, else. But. We get Star Trek the Motion Picture because um, Paramount wanted to start yes. a fourth network. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because they they were going to start a fourth network in the late seventies. Uh, or actually, I think they were going to try. They were, I think they were targeted for eighty, and they were going to launch it with a new Star Trek. And so, because uh, they had the property, yeah, and uh, they were working on Star Trek uh, Phase Two, and that two so with, with Kirk and Spock, right? Yeah, they had everybody back except Nimoy, and Nimoy was on the mm, fence. So they yeah. they created this devil-looking character to replace him. Really? Yeah, and so um, they. The network idea doesn't happen, so they scrap Phase 2, and then a little movie called Star Wars hits in 77, and so everyone's looking for the Star Wars, and um, and that jump started. Yeah, Michael Eisner mm -hmm. was at Paramount at the time, and was like, don't we have something? Right. Do we have, let's <laughs> do Star Trek, and so, <laughs> so they get... Um, Rod, Roddenberry had to be involved. Yeah, but he, he wasn't as much, like, this was the last movie he was, like, involved, because he's such a problem. And so they're every, every, right. every, every her, her, his Bible is, right. is really strict. Right. Yeah. And so he's her Bennett takes over for the rest of the sequels. And uh, and Rodboard kind of gets like this honorary producer title, consulting right. pursuit kind mm -hmm. of thing. But they kind of they kind of push him out. But um, they get Robert Wise to direct now. Now, this this I just recently watched 2001. I'm not 2000, but um, uh, the motionless picture because uh, there's a there's a new 4k cut out and it's on paramount plus and i'm like okay i'll give the 4k cut it's a director this is a director's cut and you, and you understand this is robert wise robert wise edited citizen kane right yeah so he, yeah got, got right right got credentials. he he directed sound of music and west side story yeah he, he has That's a lot of movement he yeah. has four oscars yeah. and then he makes this <laughs> and again how many Handlers were involved in all it. That it, stuff. it was it was a mix of two Roddenberry, Roddenberry scripts that were neither of them were very good. Again, it goes and, back to you better right, yeah, you better right. have a good foundation, right? And then um, the other problem was like I don't remember the I don't even remember the premise of the first arc. Premise of the movie is a of an, an, a force is coming toward Earth, and every time it comes near something, it destroys it. Okay, so they destroy Klingon ships and and, and um. It's Galactus. Yeah, right. It's Galactus yeah. is for, and so they've yeah. got to go. The Enterprise has to go. Enter. It's the closest ship. Always, it's always, the, yeah. always the closest ship in the in the sector. So, and then the other side of it is that the it, the Enterprise is now run by another guy, but Shatner's the the Michael Corleone. They bring him out of retirement because he's an admiral, and they're like we him back in. And so, so they're making him uh, captain. He's all, and the other guy's like, "Well, you just couldn't wait to you know." <laughs> 
<laughs> pull me out of the shit. So you be cat. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of this side story right. there. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Uh, so well, I guess to me, it's also, hard, it's also, hard also, they're wearing um, pajamas, like the, the uniforms are pajamas. They're basically jammies, and um, the best part though is when McCoy beams onto the ship because you know, of course, he's getting all his old crew back, and so McCoy they need a science, they need a medical officer because their last medical officer actually died in a transporter accident that, that they show you. Woo! <laughs> so, so he beams aboard. He's in his like civilian jammies because it's the future but he's got a disco medallion and a oh, yeah. big ass bushy I, I, like i remember that that, that that grizzly adams beard it's the best part of like i just wish he kept it for the whole life and i bet you his first line was like damn it jim damn, right like damn it jim, what we, i'm that, only a doctor right yeah. basically wow that is uh but it, again robert wise his all those credentials he's amazing it's who, who directed con uh nicholas meyer okay so nicholas meyer <laughs> nicholas meyer comes in and nicholas meyer a has no idea about Star Trek. He knew it was a show, but never that's watched. Great. That's yeah, that's never, great. Yeah, he never. So he binged it. They, the Paramount gave him all the tapes, and he watched them. And after they figured out they were going to do the con story, he knew he then he knew what he wanted to do because he was a big Nicholas Nickleby, not Nicholas yeah. Nickleby, uh, Horatio Hornbrower. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly he's like, "All right, so it's a ship movie. It's two ships." Which you know, uh, and P or somebody did a pretty good like right, reboot of that. Right, but yeah. so it's. So it's it's like it's a ship movie. So we're just going to do a because sh- I love ships, and so we're doing a ship movie. And so it suddenly becomes oh, it's space. So it's a submarine movie. And so what I like I, what I like about Khan is that the hero and the villain are never in the same room together in the entire film. Oh, that's you know I've never realized that. Right, they're, they're right. on each other's bridge. That's great. They're never together. They never. Ne- and there's never like a uh, like a classic Kirk and then a Gorn fight. Right. The no no double hand fisted right, yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Holy moly. Yeah. Man. And then, and then a lot of that carried over into the next generations, though. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Roddenberry kind of got back control uh, in yeah, in '86 when they started doing Next Generation, so he took over. Yeah, I saw the documentary in this. All the writers were like, "Dude, he doesn't want any contra- like, no conflict." Right, right. Stuff. He's like, yeah. he's, he's like, it's all people. They, they've evolved into like these perfect, you know, citizens, and he's like, "Yeah, but we have to have conflict." Yeah, right. right. You can't, no can't, show. Yeah, no show. There's can't no, have a story have, without conflict. Right. You got to have something. And so yeah. He fought it the entire time to his death. He was not. But I get that again, you know. I mean, it's so funny because uh, I li- I watch, you know, I have TV on in the background when I'm working at my house. Oh yeah, and it's never anything. I'm. It's something that like <laughs> BBC America on Sling. I think there's two days where it's nothing but non-stop TV Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, it's my, just on. Yeah, yeah. my my dad watches and a it's lot just on. BBC yeah. America because they just. They just rerun a bunch of uh, Star Trek Next Generation, and, and, they'll, and they'll do these awesome things where like it's thematic days. They will mm-hmm. do a thing where right. all data heavy shows, right. where all like the worst ones are uh, 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 the the Troy, the the, the, the counselor Troy shows are boring. They're yeah. so boring. But uh, you know, how do we go on Star Trek? No, we just, <laughs> again, that's how the show works. <laughs> isn't it great? From two thousand one to Star Trek. Isn't, um, isn't it great just to. Have it a is. have a buddy and just bullshit about whatever you want. That's to. my but my brain. Our brain works that way. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's why it's fun. It's stream of consciousness. Fun, it's the big fun house with many, many, many rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where I find myself. That and some of them I join, some of them do not. But back to Star Trek One. Yeah. The the Star Trek One has the hugest budget of all the Star Trek films, and the reason why is because there's two. One they paramount rolled in all the production and pre-production for phase two that never got oh, into so it was they sitting rolled, in escrow right so they oh, they roll, rolled it over and also all yes yeah, star trek one has these amazing sets these you know the v'ger sets amazing and stuff um they hired a uh 
there's two people at the time in the business who 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 does it and i can't think of the name off the top of my head but the one guy was like he did all the miniature design for 2001 and the other guy was the guy who did all the miniature design for um star wars that's who you got in the business wow um, was that pre-industrial light and magic you know i only was still around okay and so uh and uh you you got either one of those two guys to do your big sci-fi yeah, no film, lie. Mm-hmm. but they were both booked Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay, and so they hired a company who they were they were um, best known for a '70s ad where they made a <laughs> a, a pair of Levi jeans walk on its own. I got you. so they were they were the rogue, right? The, so the, the outsider, but they were available and they had right. had some clout with us making this jeans um, um, walk. And then um, there's like, well, here's a year of we're, we're going to be shooting for you know six months. You have a year of production. And we'll we'll meet up when we're done. And so that's what they did. And they're like, "Yeah, we haven't done much. We're not. Yeah, we, we, we do we do thirty second commercials, right?" And so yeah. they they didn't they they couldn't handle it. So the date had to get pushed, which pissed off Paramount. But then they got the guy who did two thousand one and the guy who did Star Wars, and then they got everyone who could be available. And we suddenly became a three month twenty four hour rotation to make the special effects work. That was like seventy seven. Uh, no, so this would have been seventy eight yeah. when they did the production and came out seventy nine. My goodness. But they were just like, I was like, holy crap, we were supposed to have this movie. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theaters, but I was eight. I saw the fr- my first one was um, Khan. I saw Khan because yeah. the poster looked so cool. Like there's yeah. something about like there's Khan's on the poster, but he's in the um, the desert gear with the, the weird visor. Yeah. And something like I was little. So that's 82. So I'm getting an Indiana Jones look to that poster. Right. Kind of. Yeah. And so, right. uh, so I'm like, I'm five and see it like in the like the mobile press register ad or something for yeah. it. And it was like, I need to see this movie. And so mom took me. It's so. also the uh, fantasy Island guy. Oh yes. Yep. <laughs> Ricardo Montalban, which by it the is. way, was, was, was fantasy Island still on in 1978? Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember that either. Yes, absolutely. I don't remember when it ended. Yeah. We talked about I, fantasy I, Island I, I, recently too. On the I will <laughs> tell you until I was probably 13, there was an episode of fantasy Island where it was like probably a Halloween special. Mm-hmm. And there was a, this is pre-poltergeist. Mm-hmm. There was a woman who stayed in this house where a freaking doll came to life. It was a clown. <laughs> right. That thing haunted me <laughs> for at least five years of my childhood I can, I can, from a TV show I should not I, have been watching. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I saw it probably a year ago. And it's so, not, again, not scary. But when you're seven, right? frightening as hell. So, so when I was small, I, I, Horror film scared me, but um, and I would like have the nightmare and sleep in my dad's room for like a night. But it would I didn't right. I didn't have the trauma of it because my you know I watched horror films from a young age. Like I shouldn't have been watching horror, but like right. I saw Dawn of the Dead at six, and like which but is that's so cartoonish. Yeah, but mm. like, but I'm still six, and I, 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 I the reality there's you know, you have a weird fuzzy thing about that's reality. True. So right. it's like your brain is not fully formed, right? And you're just like this is kind of a documentary, right? This really happened, right? <laughs> right. This, or this is happening now, or this it's in black and light. Black and white was that after World War II? No, no, th- no this is this is Dawn. So this <laughs> okay. is the first color one. This is the one in the mall. And so, um, I, I so things you know, I I watch things out like I said that stuff didn't bother me as much, but there's. I'm a little soft hearted about stuff. Like um, I remember in daycare crying my eyes out over a Beetle Bailey cartoon show 
where Beetle gets in trouble for something he didn't do. So sensitive, right? I like I, I was I'm that You're kid. A caring, imp, 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 I was empathetic for child. That's child, wonderful, right? For that, you're not so, autistic, that's right, what you right, are. right? So I'm just very empathetic to yes. Beetle. I was like, they like, why are you? I remember, I remember, I have this weird thing about memory. I can remember a lot, lots of times, like stuff. You most people just tend to forget as they grow, grow. But I remember crying my eyes out of a Beetle Bailey cartoon and trying to articulate why I was sad. That but, little Scotty, he's really sensitive. <laughs> it's like what's it's like. like couldn't figure it because i was like the tv and what, what's about the tv i couldn't articulate yeah. what should we, should we call about maybe checking with his parents <laughs> something is weird here but that being said back to fantasy island the yeah. reason why we got it so that 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 stuff would never scare me but there's an episode where a guy gets so mad he doesn't want the wish and so they revoke his wish and oh a, okay and there's a whole thing about it and i felt so bad for that guy and was just like I carry the weight of that guy's pain for some damn reason. Now it's like we're in a therapy session. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't know why. Don't know why. Uh, TV <laughs> raised me. Really did. Yeah, me too. Let's kid. Yeah, and, and I was an only child, and my parents I, I, uh, were, were workaholics, and uh, TV in my room with a VCR by the time I could get one. Right. So, and I was raised on, I was raised on that too. I was uh, an only child during the years that it counted. Right. So, so you had a baby, baby brother, baby sister. Yeah, I had a baby brother. My, yeah. my my parents had had a son when I was eleven. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the years, That's the whole generation, the whole generation. Right. And so and so, you know, I love my brother, but we're not close because we're right. eleven years apart. You're, you're, you're a cool uncle. Right. So basically, and um, so I, you know, during those those formal years, I was, I'm a latchkey kid, mm -hmm. and so you know, and and also again, living in small town Alabama. Like I, again, I, mean, I was in Daphne in the middle of Lake Forest. It, it took me uh. 40 minutes to get out of the neighborhood right so i didn't go a whole lot of places right and of course also i mean i don't know if you've been to pretty though there's nothing there <laughs> well, at the time and at that time in daphne there was there was a gapers up the street right but that see we didn't have that so yeah. like like i I literally live across this, my dad's house still there is literally like, across Perdido. Is it Perdido, Alabama? Perdido, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And so it's between Atmore and Bayonet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm There's a winery that. there. Oh yeah. They it, make a uh, muscadine wine. Scubbernock. Scubbernock. Yeah. Scubbernock wine. The owner just passed away. I've actually had it. Yeah. And I went to an Alabama makers thing and yeah. that was one of the, yeah, yeah. the winery. They, they do, um, they do rums and, um, stuff now. And, and, and so, um, we grow things here. Yeah, we do. We mm -hmm. do. <laughs> I wish I, he, Jim was a really good dude, and I just uh, we got talking too too late in his health life that I because he was fascinating because he he was um, he was a military detail for three presidents. Really? Yeah. Uh, like uh, yeah, he, he saw some life. Yeah, he saw some stuff. So Jeff K. LBJ and Nixon, and got out Nixon because <sighs> Nixon. Would, oh man! Talk, he, oh wow! And and so he's a he's a staunch Democrat living in Alabama. Well, classic. Well, but that's a cla no, 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 classic. No, like. Like very liberal, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, right. a Democrat wouldn't even be would be a moderate, right, right. But he, today. Yeah, but, he, yeah. Yeah, but to, you know, he was he was like yeah. he was like the most liberal dude I knew, right? In the South, in the South, in the was, yeah, right was crazy, but yeah, so, a hippie, but, damn hippie, almost, almost. Again, right. anybody who had the sorry, the uh, anybody that had the the cojones to uh to go make wine in the middle of uh, the you know right oh, see you loved him the salt line of, of alabama you see, know you loved him because just because of the fact that you know the, the constant fight with the government 
And also someone said you can't do that. Right. Right. Like, number you can't do it, meaning no one's going to drink it. And right. number two, the government saying you can't do it because we'll throw your ass in jail. Right. <laughs> so, so there's a whole yeah, and, and the stories yeah. of that. Uh, I, How I, dare I, you? I wish I could have got him on the show. We tried a couple of yeah. times. We just couldn't get him to do it. Yeah. We're just, it just it has health and everything. But yeah, I love again. I love people that poke the bear all day until they uh, become self-righteous. He was but, a you know. he was a bear. But he never I don't think he ever came self-righteous, but he was well, uh, most of them just want to make wine or right. make their whiskey or right. grow their pot. Right. Yeah, right. And just want to and like. <laughs> Here's you know, we're doing it legally. There's here's the way we're doing, it, but the you know people try to shut them down all the time, and so it was a whole thing. Uh, I would be uh, a big supporter of anyone that was going against the state government that wasn't <laughs> allowing them to pursue their passion. It it was even up until 2020, of course, because yeah, well, remember the free the hot we could we couldn't have beer over five uh five uh, percent oh, alcohol in right. our state till like the 2016 or whatever. So I'm visiting yeah. Jim. Uh, uh. At the start of the pandemic, we're we're talking, and um, and he loved him and his wife. His wife was from um New York, and she was a theater lover up New York, and she became a, they became big patrons of the theater, right? And that's how we actually, I mean, they they lived across the street from me growing up. We we weren't we knew they they said when our families didn't mingle, right? And so I didn't get to know them till way later in my life. And when they saw me act in Fairhope. They're like, oh, you're oh, Scotty. Scotty's that from, kid across the street, right? The kid's kid from Perdido, and so I became their kid from Perdido. And it was awesome. very, you know, the kid who got it kind of kind of thing. They were now, what, now what theater was this? Theater ninety eight down in uh, Fairhope. Oh, nice. That's yeah. where I cut my. That's where I started right. cutting my teeth there, and so that's how I got. I'm, I met with them, and so I'm I'm meeting with him. His, his wife had passed like a year before, and there was an arts thing they you know, in her will that he wanted to talk to me about, and so I went to meet him, and then. But this is like they had changed their focus from making wine to making hand sanitizer. This is pre-pandemic. No, this is pandemic. This is okay, the, okay, the, the, okay. The, yeah. this is twenty. This is a- so, interesting. So they're like, there's a need for it. So of course. and so and but he's. This is 2020. He is fighting with the state. Oh, because there's a tax to it or something. Well, yeah, but they but he's got a he's got a truck full of alcohol to turn into right hand sanitizer outside of Mississippi, and the Alabama DOT won't let it come through. Oh my gosh! So because of something oh no, of, no regulations, regulations. stupid regulation, right? And it's like no, we we everything. Well, we're not sure if this is what. Are you sure you're going to use it? A hand? I mean, there was like wouldn't take his word for it. He's like, no, we're making hand. You need hand yeah. sanitizer. And, and anecdotal stories like that is the reason why people can talk about true anarchists and why there is a value of talking about the the anarchists. Absolutely. Mm. Not again, not the mob anarchists, but the the one who talks about the idea of self rule. Right. But you talk about again this idea of like a common sense has nothing to do with your regulations. Right. Yet here right. we go in right. this weird world. Right. So okay, I, I think again, that, that's where it almost I would never do it, but it almost makes you want to firebomb something. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I feel you. I feel you. I think you love John. John. With all that alcohol, we could make a lot of fireball. No. <laughs> but um, he showed me he, he um he has um he he bought some land to put um along the highway, the interstate to put billboards up, just to put billboards. Well, up. no, that was that was sort of the thing. Well, it's good money, by the way. Right. So he bought the land, and they're going to put billboards. But he also had a still on these things. Oh, that's smart. Work because he had an excess of wine. One year, and so he's turning it into brandy. Well, because all the so he had he had surplus, he had sur- surplus gotcha. yeah, and so so he's turning it into brandy, and so and, and that and that's pretty cool. Because, yeah, he's 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 clever like that. So I went I went to a bourbon tasting thing by I think called Pritchard's, which is a weird name for here because Pritchard's <laughs> is very poor town you, in, you, in our in our vicinity, but it's out of Nashville, and this is the, this guy, and uh, he was showing us how the process of making you know his, right. his whiskey, whatever, and he also makes rum and all stuff out of Tennessee. And he literally says everything starts uh, as 
moonshine. Everything you drink in the spirits world right, right. is moonshine. It's what you do and what barrel you put it in and how much sugar you put in afterwards. And it hit me. I was like, oh, I can take grapes. I can take potatoes. I can take sugar cane. All of it makes white lightning. <laughs> and it's what you do afterwards that <laughs> makes it cool. So, yeah, I love I love stuff. And, again, sitting in those areas like Perdido, Alabama, between Atmore and, uh, and wherever you are, I mean, it's it's fertile land. Right, right, right. That we could literally almost grow almost anything. Mm-hmm. And it, the idea of not using it to grow it, that should be against the law. Absolutely. Because you're wasting those great resources. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. Well, that's my uh, that's I'm running for governor <laughs> and uh no, I'm kidding, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm running for president, actually. <laughs> 2024. I'm actually. I, I, let's segue to that because I. Oh, geez, I, I didn't mean to go to that. No, because I'm, I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about that. Okay, because that's it's not a joke. No, absolutely yeah. no, because um, Jared Budlong, our yeah. is running for governor. Oh, I did. I did see that. Yeah. So Jared's running. Jared was our second guest on the show. See, that doesn't sound as absurd to me. Um, it, it doesn't at all. Yeah. No, and no, and it was just, you know. You know, I always ask the question to anybody who's like, hey, hey, why would anyone do this and be, are you crazy? Well, my question is, why would anybody want to actually be a politician? Right. There's, there's that. And so, like, why would you want to do this and be? And, you know, his his reasoning was he, you know, when we found out that Alabama was using the COVID money to try to build prisons. That's a little. little well, again, he, he found something that said that, that triggered right. it. So he, this, this is serious. And, I want, and he's a single issue candidate. Right. Right. And that's could be amazingly problematic to a lot of people. Right. And yeah. so and that's kind of fun. And so but the, <laughs> but the thing I found interesting about this was. The hoops he has to get on to get on the ballot. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's, mm-hmm. it's easier to be. It's easier to run for president than to run for governor. So I'm curious about that because so was it last year? Year for last, you 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 announced that you want to run. I for announced I was doing it last. It was it, during COVID. Right, right. And, and to be this honest, time has no meaning now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so ask your next question because I'll, you're going to ask me how it got there. How I got there? No, well, not how you got okay. there, but you know the hoops that you had to jump because you, okay. you you. I, I screwed up the first time, so I've got to redo it. So okay. you go to it, – it's ridiculous how easy it is to do. So you go to this roughly the FEC, Federal Election Commit- mm-hmm. Commission website. I think it's FEC.gov. You go to Form 1A, and you fill out your name and your address, and you do have to put your Social Security number in there. Right. And then you get a number, right, and that's Form 1A. You have 10 days to do 1B. I didn't read that part. Right. 1B is the formation of your committee, meaning you now have to roughly have an attorney who is going to be in charge of your campaign and who is going to do the bookkeeping. Well, I didn't – I asked some people, and not everybody was real willing for me to put their name on that thing yet. So I didn't fill out 1B in time because I wasn't just going to put random names down. But I just have to redo it, and it takes about eight minutes. Right. But you have to have permission to those people to do it. So. Right, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, 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 but so. governor, I, I okay, that's just to be and roughly in, in a national election, there's about two thousand people that are on the directory for running on the federal election commission. Right. Now you won't see them on the ballot mostly, right. but there are uh, up to two thousand people. So left. so Jared's trying to get on the ballot. And so now, I don't know what you have to do for governor, but it's going to be a lot of signatures. Right. It yeah. is. And it is. It is and I'd have to do that too, but I only have to have 5,000 in the state, which I could literally do on probably Facebook. Right. He has to have like 25% of the electorate in the state. It's it, again that they're doing it to keep out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolute. They, Absolute. they don't want the person who is the issues person. Right. right. Because the sta- the parties run the whole system. So the whole thing was stacked against him. And then, you know, he's got some grassroots people. Helping him. Sure. It's not just him. He's, he's and he better not take a single dollar right of money because that's how they get you. Because you have to have somebody who is reporting every thirty days. Right, you know? right. And so, um, 
I don't know how big his campaign or whatever is, but I know he's got grassroots people helping him get signatures. And then the, the it was funny because when he when he was talking to us, um, there was there's a statue on the the books that that would allow digital signatures, and they were like, no, you can't do digital signatures. But even though it's on the it's even though it's on the end of right, the law. right. And so he had to provide them the law. No, that, totally. Where does it say that? Well, yeah, uh, point seven three two. Right, right. So, your own legal so, so yeah. he provided that now he can do digital signatures. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, someone didn't even know that was even there. Right. They, Literally. Exactly. That's so, what it is. Again, that's what drives me crazy. Like, wait, you are the law abiding. Right. Like, you are the, the the judge, jury, and executioner. Right. You should be well versed in this stuff. Right. Yeah. Nope. I mean, that's why they make that the law as right. voluminous as it can. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the state stuff is. Like, it's this, all crazy in this but, state anyway, but, but I mean, the idea of like, someone asked me on a recent podcast why I did it. And I got in this ridiculous long conversation, but my new answer is because I can't. Right. That's the fun part. No, because I live in a country where I can just put my name to things. Well, I always, it. I always like when it's an experience, when you announced on Uncle Henry's show that you were going to, I always thought that your, your, your thing was because you could do it. And, and it's also a marketing thing too. There's part mm. of that too, but I've yeah. already been on like five podcasts that were much bigger than mine because right. I did this. Right. You know? And there's, there's that. Maybe that's what we should, I should run for brother. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, we can get into a squabble because we're, we're local and like, how dare you? <laughs> Something like mud at each other, but it's like right. not even mud. Right, you know? right. That that funny. But just make it like WWE, it'd be great. <laughs> well, uh, politics is uh, wrestling, very, professional yeah, wrestling. Very if, much if, is if it. it's not that model, I don't know what it is anymore. But yeah, you know, James Altucher is this guy that has the James Altucher show. He has this great new book called Skip the Line. By the way, it's absolutely fantastic book. And on his podcast, he encouraged his listeners to experiment with new things. And one of the experiments that he wanted you to experiment was run for run for the president because you're going to learn something you didn't learn before. And I will tell you, the hardest thing I ever had to do was sit down and write down my platform. Mm -hmm. What do I actually think and believe about some major policy? Mm -hmm. And how can I like explain it to someone to say what my position is and how can it be persuasive? That is not easy to do. First of all, just sitting down saying what I actually believe. That's hard to do. Right, right. Yeah. And not soundbite stuff, not even like conservative or, or, or liberal or whatever. It's, I mean, actual freaking things. Right. And then you got to look at it goes like, all right. Because um, especially if it was me, because, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I believe some crazy shit. And so that are not really acceptable by lots of things. And like it's called being in, an individual, right? Right, right. Like, like my biggest thing is like, I think drugs should be legal, of course. I agree because because we're losing this battle. We, that, we've, we're on drugs, we've lost, right? We've we've, we've lost this battle, really, really, really. And yeah. so, like, the best way to stop cartels and, and help Mexico is just make legalize it again. Uh, <laughs> when something doesn't work, disrupt what's already there, right? And, and power structures are the problem, right? Yeah, disrupt power structures, right? Yeah, it, trust me. Like, logic <laughs> but, but when but the minute you say the idea but that's very much a libertarian point of view it's been that way for quite a yeah, while yeah, but which i'm not i'm a i'm, not I, I'm a lowercase mm. libertarian not an uppercase libertarian. right uh so but when someone throws out in there let's just say on your website you you can write your whole thing about legalization of drugs right. but if someone sees on your bullet point that is an easy way to attack without knowing what right. the end game is. Hence the problem with that's why it's hard to do Absolutely. anything. Because who's got time to read a, a four-page white paper on why the legalization of drugs is actually the most common sense thing we could actually right, right. do? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, you know, that's that's the world. Look. I mean, we're we're kind of dealing with that right now with certain with the I forget the term, but like the safe home projects where they want to 
allow people to take drugs safely and legally, no matter what kind of drugs. But because people are like, oh, we're giving them drugs. We shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but the, then it gets an idea. My issue is spending taxpayer money on it. Private is but one it, thing. My, but it, again, but yeah. again, I'm not saying I, I understand what you're saying, but the idea then you get in the nuance of uh, the funding of it. And I yeah. think what I come down as funding. And, right. I, and I'm, I'm not a collectivist. I'm an individualist. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's great about being an individualist is it's well, the bad things, too, is. Uh, it's hard for me to have simple conversations because when you're an individualist, it's we have to look at all the parts of it. And so we can't have these quick conversations. We have to have a three hour conversation. Right, right. Yeah. And maybe one topic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and who's got time for that? No one's got time for that. But hence, I mean, we do. Right. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> I can break it up in a bunch of shows. So one, one of the first things I have to do is sit down and I, I try to be, by starting out by doing policy. Mm. You can't start out by doing policy. It's way too problematic. Uh, you can't get locked in the idea of like, what do I think about a border or an open border? Mm. You need to get into bigger things to going, what are my actual beliefs and what do I have faith in? Mm -hmm. And my thing was like, you know, the individual, I believe, in, I believe in the individual, mm -hmm. I believe in free markets, a true free market, not the one that we have now, a true Absolutely. free market. I believe in tolerance, meaning I don't believe in the idea to love everybody, but I can put up your shit. That's it. Peacefully put up your shit. Yeah. The other one is peace. I don't want to go to war. We've had some so many bad wars for the last 50 fucking years. Right. I don't fact, want to ever fucking have them again. Pretty much been in war most yeah. of our lifetime. Like, yeah. and, 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 you know, and, and roughly I keep to those four things the most. Oh, and limited government. My whole deal is, uh, I, I don't like a lot of over uh, a lot of uh, bureaucracy and I don't like a lot of layers. Mm -hmm. uh, hence, there's my five big things. Uh, and then I start going to this world of like, and I know it's getting boring as hell. No, no, no. But, I but, think it's fascinating. This thing of like property rights. Right. Once I read Murray Rothbard's Anatomy of the State, I understood the idea of uh, that how property rights affects everything in our lives mm -hmm. and the idea of what, how we look at property. And the other, the other thing is the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle is I will never, ever, ever be violent towards you in an aggressive manner to start it out. I am only self-defense uh, self only. Mm -hmm. I won't uh, agree. I won't uh, aggress upon you. I will not steal from you. I won't do anything of your private property. If the non-aggression uh, principles ever put into to effect, it would really help the world that I live in because mm -hmm. the idea is like I am not a pacifist. I believe in the idea of non-aggression. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hence, boom. Right. I would never have any war where it's, we're going there before they come here. Right. I know someone said that's stupid. I will say, well, maybe it is, but it goes against my principle. No, yeah. and I, I don't think it's stupid at all, yeah. actually. So I, 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 I look at myself, I'm, I, I, I'm like, politically, I would call myself center, center left. And by the way, most people took a test would be. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, because I'm like, I, I think, I think the country should be, I believe in limited government. I think we should be fiscally responsible. Um, there, but however, there's social issues that I'm like, I think sure. it really comes down to me. You're a free thinker. You're yeah. a free thinker, Scotty. So you don't, you don't fit right. really well into a platform. Right. Because so, so, so my biggest one, when I, talk, when I talked to Jared, I, I brought this up. I said, it really comes down to me. Are you American? Yes. You have mm -hmm. all the rights. Oh, and then, then the great big question is when do those rights start? Right. That's, where we are today with abortion stuff right like when mm -hmm. and that's where it gets super crazy right. we're not going to get into that but right. the idea is like okay here's where it gets really problematic right, right when do those rights kick in right and there becomes the why we should have a lot of incredible thinking people having that big discussion yeah right. and, and i mean on and a not fighting level, yeah. but actually debate right yeah. but they're not going to do that and then we don't have that and, and on a know. similar level uh, beyond abortion immigration as well as a similar discussion of when, when does it kick in when does it kick in right and then it goes. But, okay, there we go. There's the parameter. But but once once but once we figure and those discussions that need to be happened. But yeah. But at the end of it, are you American? Yes. 
you get we have these rights. You get all the rights. So regardless of what color you are, your age or sure. gender, yep. or what gender you want to be or whatever, are you cool? You have all the right. We, good, welcome. Well, <laughs> why are we fighting? <laughs> Well, come well, on, uh, uh, party, let's go. But I no, guess, as that document is written, and people give it crap for, for for they say who wrote it and everything. But as it is written, it is a glorious thing to live up to. Yeah, yeah. Did they live up to it? No, no. but they knew it was going to. We don't want to be a thirty-year country. We want to be a three-thousand-year country. Right, right. So they write this. I, I would say inspired document because it, I, it, I, it don't influenced disagree. so many other people. I, I mean, the French did it wrong. Right. The French took it over, and the mob took over, and they end up giving it back right. to the people that they hated so much. Where we didn't have to really do that. Now, mm. over three hundred years, we're finding out that look, power is power. Right. Money is money. But you know, and look, I agree, uh, and I, I, I kind of don't know how I feel about nation states right now because Murray Rothbard, the anatomy of the state. The actual uh, reality, which of a nation state is its oppression and it is power. Right. How you keep the nation state and keep a border mm-hmm. has to use teeth. Mm-hmm. I was on Twitter. Hence, though, it's like catch twenty two. I was there. Was, I was. I love Twitter. Um, Twitter. Of course, I love. I'm a lurker. Twitter. Oh, I'm a, I'm a poster. I'm, now you are because my my thing about Twitter. Twitter's like the only place that like I'm I'm I'm. It's like this show. It's me. Right, and, and by the way, you no one attacks you locally in right, any way. Right. I can say what I actually believe there because right. I don't really care what somebody from wherever is saying. Right, right, right. Facebook becomes a, right, right. a true storm. Facebook, Facebook, a, a crap yeah. storm. Facebook is where I post yeah. memes and do advertising for all this stuff. Yeah, but if you want to find out what Sky is really thinking, it's Twitter. And so, someone posted like somebody talking about changing governments and whatnot. Well, you know, you know, you know, you know this has become totalitarianism, or this is coming this one way of the two liberals. Like, what kind of government do you want? I went. I kind of want. Star Trek socialism. (laughs) (laughs) I I would love the world where uh, we had moved beyond possessions and money to actually – a true utopia right. moving towards things that make us right. Which the, problem is great, is, the problem is there's always going to be people that don't want that, which was a great first season. I think first season next generation episodes, when they, when they took the four people from the, the, the ship that was cryogenics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the guys was that rich, like, you know, capitalist that right. couldn't, he didn't know what to do. Like, where, what am I going to do? My portfolio. is. Exactly. Gonna, I, have, uh, I need a phone. Cause there's very important right. people. And, and Picard's like, all those people are dead. Cause no, but it was a very important firm. <laughs> So there, there, there will others will exist, and like I also warn people about, about the Star Trek Utopia is wonderful, right? However, we're in the age of where it's shitty before you get to it. So we get the Eugenics War and World War Three, oh, right? And, and the post atomic horror enterprise, right? So we get World War Three, the Eugenics War, post atomic horror before Zephyr Conquer even launches that show. So, so we're in the shitstorm right and now. where Cisco becomes that uh, homeless hero. Next year. Next, oh, the, that's the year? Yeah, next year. Hilarious. Next year, yeah. So he, uh, he becomes uh, Gabriel Bell next year. The Bell riots are supposed to happen in 2024. That is, again, it's no, so funny. They're two years, 2024, that was, 2024. So, that was so set in the future in 1998. Or no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's two years. It's, it's 2024. But the uh, it's funny because in this season, Picard, they travel to 2024 and that stuff's setting up in the background. Oh, interesting. It, it's all in the background. They're not really dealing so with they're, it. They're staying mm. the canon. Yeah, but they, but it's real interesting to, to hear about the Sanctuary Series and things like that. That's, so were they in San Francisco for when, he, when Bell went? When, when, that was San Francisco, was it not? 
Because yes, and they yes, were Starfleet. Yeah, 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 they were, yeah. yeah, they were Starfleet. Which is so funny. Look at the world. I mean, literally, were they oracles? Because look at the, the Actually, na- what are they talking about? Right. The homeless, like cities <laughs> in San Francisco. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they block off these blocks, and you know, if you had no job or no one, did you live there for your own protection? But you couldn't leave, so it was prison. And so, which uh, escape from New York was absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Which is, uh, which happened. What year was that? Um, ninety-seven. I want to say. Oh, that. W- oh, wait. We're past. We're past that. <laughs> Double check that. But <laughs> that I don't was think still it's in the twentieth century. Yeah. Well, oh, that's hilarious. And then I think Escape from L.A. is uh, oh, that's like, such a bad. No, that was one that didn't hold up, by the way. No, it doesn't. But, but there's no. The frightening thing is like the president becomes president for life and moves the White House to his home in Virginia. Hilarious. I and mean, it's and then you got. New York still a prison, but you, they, they make LA because of the earthquake. Correct. And so the, the surfing scene is the one that throws oh, me away. It's just so, so bad. bad. So, bad. <laughs> so, so Escape from New York is ninety-seven, and Escape from LA is two thousand. All right, so oh, it's three wow. years later. Again, uh, I love dystopian. Sci- sci- so, you know, in, so in the world of sci-fi, you either get the dystopian world or you get the utopian, right? Or sometimes how the utopian world doesn't really work, right? So it's all, usually it always always ends up dystopian, right? Which, again, you know. like you in Star Trek. The funny thing about Star Trek is like old school Star Trek is really hammers down about how they don't use money, right? And then these well, uh, as in the original series or the first two seasons of Next Generation, both oh, original yeah, series okay. doesn't use money either. Yeah, and then there's no you know, but then you're like the question comes up, and the, the question really comes up into like Farpoint, the first episode in Next Generation when when Troy wants I'm mean, not Troy but Crusher wants to buy this fabric. Mm. And it's like, well, oh, I remember that, yeah. And she goes, well, just charge the ship. And it's like, there's some sort of currency or something they're they're spending. They get well, uh, uh, plate of Latin. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I mean, you got to come in with a Ferengi. I mean, you know, again, I love the fact that uh, the original Star Trek could handle very, very difficult social situations with you know weird painted people instead of actual African Americans, right. right, or whatever you make them out to be. Next generations, okay. but I mean, the I love the archetypes. Of what country was the Kardashians? Yeah, yeah, right. What c- country was the Ferengis? Right. Or what type of person? Yeah, right. It's so great, you know. Oh, yeah. And then of course, uh, you fall in love with like certain characters of like, you know, Quark to me is still one of my favorite characters of all these, time. In, like in the whole canon is, and, and he's literally not one of my favorite races, right? But I absolutely love that character. What's great about Quark in DS9 is that he has a, a he has a real arc because when you first yes. meet him, he's just. And they have a buddy film with Odo. Right, but he's but you've got that going on. But he's got you know he's he is a criminal, and he, oh, he, yes. and he's not quite a criminal with a heart. Well, he's a but, Ferengi, right? But as he grows and and as, as the series goes on, they get conscious. Get a conscience, and he has a brother who's sweet, right? You know, yeah, and who could make the, it in the world. Becomes the Negus of all things, so. and also ends up uh, married to like one of the hottest Dalo girls ever, <laughs> Chase Masterson, Lita. Everything comes back to Star Trek. Well, it's great. I mean, it's you know, it's look, a, it's wonderful escape that is based in some reality. Mm-hmm. Hence, that's why it's good. Again, my, my favorite comic books based in some reality. Right. I mean, yeah. I look. I love Star Wars. We do a whole podcast about Star Wars. Star Wars. However, if I could pick between the two, I'd rather have replicators and holodecks. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'll have it over the force all day long because I can go in the holodeck and have the replicator and still do as all this much stuff. as yeah. I hate to drive to be able to have a transporter. Oh, beat me up, God. Me. <laughs> But again, it is kind of freaky weird. Uh, so, hey, by the way, I'm going to take your body. I'm going to break it into a bazillion oh. atoms and re-put you back together. So and it goes to the existential question, did you die? And I, you Which is a lot I of episodes. I think it's of, been like, kind of Is confirmed. that really him? I don't know. It's never been, it's never been canon. It's just like, like 
did you die during that? Because because after especially if you watch the Prestige and how many yeah, copies of yeah. Oh, Jack correct and that spoiler alert for a fifteen year old movie. Yeah. If you haven't watched that movie, that is I would, you. Yeah, I, and I would say go watch it if you haven't. I know it's great. It's great. It's, it's great Nolan film. But yeah, everything comes back to that. Yeah, then but yeah, like I kind of want. I I like I like the the idea of the Federation even with its scars, because well, like because. Because the the thing that turns off traditional fans is like Section Thirty One, oh the the roughly the in, the NSA the, right yeah who, the, who, the counter terrorism well they're not even stuff. they're not even they're counter themselves right right yeah. right so the, you know the, the Federation has these which is by the way based on the CIA right but the yeah. Federation has these beliefs and um but you have to have someone there to make sure those beliefs happen and sometimes to to make ensure those freedoms some things have to be done. And they're like, well, that's against our principles. Well, I said, it's based in truth. But it's based in truth, and it's also it's also in your charter. It's in the and it's in the they're, they're like they're founded in. The, they knew what they were doing. Yep. And so that it's it's real. I mean, I get it. Sketchy. We don't but, we don't surveil our own citizens. Right. That's <laughs> <So> like <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's come like, on, man. It, it, it's absolutely, look, absolutely. Look at that word deep state. Everybody, oh, you can look. You put a manager running a department for 28 years somewhere who is not elected right that person carries incredible amount of legacy and knowledge that does have the ability to alter things out of the sure fact of being there too long so there is it's not some cabal sitting there it's mostly protecting your turf right so hypothetical yeah wishful thinking i'll call this you were elected president. Yeah. You you do the inaugural. You do the balls. And, after, you know, some presidents work that afternoon, some some to celebrate, mm-hmm. depending on, like, and so. But, so let's, I, I'll give you the 24 hours to in, enjoy the, right. the day. But day two is the day one for you. What's the first question you ask? First question I ask? Right. To, to the American people? No, no, no. Because, you know, there's knowledge that. A president. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Can I go see the, yeah, so, the the alien body? Right, right. Yeah. The, what's what's your number one? Mm, boy, that is a good one. Thank you, thank you. I'm very proud of that question. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, how close have we ever gotten to annihilation? Truly gotten to? Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's based on a lot of reality. Right. Like, I want to see. I mean, I know we've. Yeah, it'd be, I, I want to see something. Uh, wh- what are some weapons that I have access to that know that only the other, like the top, uh, right? Is but yeah, a lot of it would be also. What are some things you can't explain, but we can tell me about? Because like that's even the crazier stuff. Right, right. We see it, but we can't explain it. Right. Or we have it, we can't explain it. Absolutely. Also, uh, what the fuck is in Fort Knox? Right, you know it ain't gold. Right, it, what's in there? Um, a broken, a, a broken uh, UFO's in there. Right, it's, it's like, what's in there? <laughs> a pieced over uh, UFO that's uh, been picked over. It's like, it's like, uh, it's the, that's my first year. I'm going to expect uh, inspect Fort Knox. Yeah. And I'm the president, the commander in chief. I'm going to inspect this base. And like, a, do they allow you to? Well, do that's it? the thing too. Is like, how much power do you actually have? Right, that's that's the question because we think he's got this. Yeah, mm, no. yeah. This this uh-huh. and so and plausible denial, plausible denial is a big thing too. Yeah. Is, a, is a big thing too. So. But yeah, again. Oh, why uh, is a fun question? <laughs> yeah, you, you could get so down a rabbit hole, you don't actually do your job. Which <laughs> I wouldn't, I might say, not a bad thing, right? Because sometimes the government does nothing, is kind of kind of right. we can kind of figure it out ourselves right. over, over time. But uh, man, that is 
you know, I used to love that show, that movie Dave. That movie Dave. Yeah. Remember where he like yeah. the guys? He's like a lookalike guy. Yeah. So and, and he tries to fix the budget, you know. Like, and, uh, Kevin Klein. Yeah. Kevin Klein, yeah, and then uh, Charles Groden, Charles Groden my yeah. favorite. Yeah, Groden's great. Curmudgeon, yeah. my favorite curmudgeons of all time. Uh, when when uh, they're, they're, they literally, you know, balance the budget and find the money, and, right? And then I love that part at the end when he's talking to his buddy, you know, the accountant, and right. he's like, "Come on, man, just stay up here with me. This is great." And he goes, "Dude, what's wrong with you? Get away from these people! <laughs> Leave now! They're dangerous." Yes, that would be very dangerous to be in that world when you, but if you're a principled human being very dangerous for you to be in those circles because they're you're not controllable you're not a team player right you are in trouble Jack. Yeah, yeah right you're a threat suddenly you don't be driving in a open uh, car dealy plaza uh, very soon right yeah so yeah yeah again. so yeah i, I just I always like, yeah, it's good it's a fun question i was just like how many mistresses can i have oh, without, without, without getting in trouble as many as you want, I guess. Like, Stacy, I'm just kidding. I'm never, uh, never going to be president. Stacy's not going to listen to this. So. <laughs> she'll, she'll get five minutes in. She'll look at the line and be like, mm, no, that's long. <laughs> She's got better things to she'll do. She'll be like, baby, that, you did fine. That is my, as for people not knowing, that's Lady Wellborn. Stace, Lady Stacy Wellborn is my wife. So. What is she a lady of? Uh, the Principality of Sealand. Oh, so she's Sealand. Yes, Land. I bought her a lady ship and one foot by one foot square on the metal platform nice nice i'm a lord of scotland very nice yeah uh that was gifted to me last year and for my forefriend do you have your coat of arms made yet no we're josh and i are talking about very it. nice josh gave it to me for christmas because he got one uh, and so uh he got one free so i'm a bogo lord buy one get one yeah i'm a buy one get one lord <laughs> <laughs> oh you, he bought one you're the reward i'm the reward yeah, so, so. The, the loyalty reward. right right so that's, that's actually more special right so i'm yeah, I kind of that almost yeah. feels like divine intervention. Like, you know, it is yeah. real down from a higher being, right? Being Google or Daddy <laughs> or Honey or whatever it's called, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I love micronations. Uh, <laughs> I like the I, I like I the, love I love the idea of a micro. I, I, love again, idea. I love the idea of it's the ultimate live role playing to me. It's also, it's also, it's also, uh, the the model union kids who didn't grow up or the kids who never want to do it, but right. were. But secretly did, right? Yep. And now they get to do the weird, and also if they can turn to a revenue stream, yeah, even better. We should start our own micronation. Well, I, you know, look, man, uh, I've I've looked at, uh, you know, it's there are I think over a thousand registered now. Oh, that's nice. But there's a great article I think that uh, I think London well, Times did, where the guy actually went and did it from his apartment. He did it for 30 days yeah. and went through the process. It's pretty, it's like a video thing yeah. plus the article. Cool. It's really cool. But there's a look, man. The Micronation thing is, uh, I think I went on Uncle Henry's so show. I talked you, about it, loved it. Did you, did you remember when C-Lab, uh, C-Land went up for sale? I, I, I get that they, they're very good at communicating now. I get a lot of information from them. I did not know if they sold it, but no, as, they couldn't. As, right. And I also understood the, the son and daughter are the one that actually run it. Right, right, right. Well, so, well hold on. Uh, they're probably have a, a crew of people running right, it, but, but it's so, making money now. Right. So yeah. um they had a terrible fire about 10 years ago. Okay. And then after the fire, they were like, we're gonna sell this. Yeah. And so because they, they could make it, I mean, they could make a lot of money. So if anybody doesn't know, Sealand is, is on a uh, uh abandoned World War II platform gun platform that, seven miles out in the English Channel, Channel where it sat mm -hmm. in 
when they abandoned it, it became anyone could claim it. Right. And yeah. so these, these guys claimed 1964 it. 1964 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mid-60s. And then yeah. th there were some guys from France who tried to take it over. Germany. Ger was it Germans? Yes. And, and so they went to war with Germany, right. which is one of the things the UN said you had to do to become a nation. Right. Because it's seven things you have to do. They've done all seven. Right. And yeah. But still, they're not recognized. They have their own currency. They have their own stamps. Right. Yeah. And the passports, too. Passports, yeah. Because yeah. you can buy all that stuff on their website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm been obsessed with seeing it. But like 2013-ish, they went for sale. And then um, the UN stopped them because you can't legally sell a nation. But they, but they won't make them a nation. Yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why I don't like the Federation of Planets. I right. think it's just as crappy as the UN is. <laughs> UN is such a feckless, useless Right, right. But see, but so they're like, you can't sell. Ugh. And so they're trying to find loopholes. And, and, and I think because of the publicity, I think it actually is really one of the publicity. And then I think that helped them. Oh, of course. Re Bad re news is good news when you're in that world. Right. And so they, they reestablished. And now that they're doing, doing well. So it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I do love the two-day german siege where the, the, yeah. the mercenaries like mm -hmm. took the sun hostage right. and <laughs> so they fought them from this the from the the landing right platform right. and just uh, unbelievable why isn't this a movie i you know what i am shocked no one has made even a parody movie, a movie of, of it. but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a it, they're they're great documentaries right you know, they're about 30 minutes long and of course you know about every eight years some yeah irish or scottish or uh, british you know journalists will go on and right. go on the, the platform but you know, there's like my favorite one is I think it's Malovia. It's in the Salton Sea area in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a true weird disputed. You know, it's all like covering like radiation and weird like right. flooding and stuff from the from the Salton Sea that, that's uh, evaporating. Right. And so there's this whole wasteland area where no one really wants to deal with it, and there are like roving bands of like what I imagine kind of like. Thunderdome people, <laughs> and it's real. Very Mad Maxing. It's real. Yeah. There's no, there's no law enforcement out there. It is roving bands of weirdos that you have to protect yourself out there, and that is true. That's in our country. Well, um, I will leave with this guy. There's, yes. you have to come back because there's so much stuff we oh, never got. Yeah. We my, never got my, to, my useless brain. We did not get it anywhere. We're like, because we, we, you're really big in, in cryptozoology. I want to get to that. We'll yes. get to that. We'll get that. We'll do that another time. But because uh, you triggered my brain on something. Yeah. So I watched this great YouTube video about like there's a place in the United States where you most likely could literally murder someone and get away with it. Ooh, uh, I'm guessing the Midwest. So it's, yeah, it's in the Midwest. So, so it's it's where it's it's where Yellowstone and mm, kind of is the it, Badlands. It's, well, it's, it's like kind of in the middle. And the reason why is that in this one area, because it's it's, it's literally between all these states, but it's uninhabited. Mm -hmm. You can't get enough. Um, members of a jury of your peers to convict you. Interesting. And so the way the law, and so the, I got to send you the video and I'll post it in the show notes. Somebody had made that a federal, if some of the federal warrant to come at you, they could do it. Probably, probably. Like, but you're right. But, but, but again, but, but it's theoretical. It's, you're right, right. It's, it's, the guy's like, technically, here's how it would work. And then, because they couldn't, and the, the, the other ones are the Indian reservations. Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we have, you know, tribal, tribal. Well, judges. again, there, there is some form of, right. But if you were on the good side of the tribal council, right. It's a good chance. <laughs> that guy needed to go. Right, right. So there's, there's a lot of that. <laughs> Johnny, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with me. Look, man, this uh, was a blast. If I could sit here and just uh, let you trigger things that I'm remembering, it's great. <laughs> I love. I mean, it. look, we covered the gambit from music to Star Trek to to micronations, micronations, and, and, to and legally murdering people. people. And and what would you do with your first question as president? Is like, you know, my my wife did ask a great question though. Uh, what would be the band you would have play at your inauguration? Who would you have? That was it. You know, uh, 
all my favorite bands are British. That's where it becomes problematic. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I, I can do what I want to do, but you, you, yeah, you, you want to bring an American band in. All right. Um, so I'd have my friend Will Kimbrough do whatever he wanted to do. Oh, nice. So nice. He's Harris, guitar player, one of my favorite bands in the world. Will, Will and the Bushman, me growing up here. Mm -hmm. It was on MTV right. from Mobile, Alabama, which I thought was, oh my God, if someone from, from Mobile, Alabama right. can be on MTV, then I can do something too. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, probably I'd make Will, Will Kimbrough bring back Will and the Bushman. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, you know. Cool. That's what I do because I could see. I would love to be like loyal and, and then like I mean, I, like I, I, I get Pearl Jam just so my friend Scotty White can go nuts. Yeah, I see Pearl Jam would be mine, <laughs> but I would also have like you know like my my you know my my friend Gabe Willis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Make all my friends. Right. Gabe play. would be there, but because you, know, mm -hmm. you know Gabe also Josh's brother. That's how I know Gabe. I've known Gabe since he was like eight. Oh, that's Josh. So the, the Josh we talked about earlier on the show. Is, that's is, his little, little brother. brother. Yeah. I've known. I've literally known Gabe Willis since he was eight. Well. uh if Josh is half the musician that Gabe is, yeah. then he's quite good. Yeah, yeah. He wow. Is, he's quite good. And his dad, too. So Unbelievable. Like the whole, his mom saying, his sister saying, I mean, that whole family is like uncanny musical. Yeah, they're like one of those weird Nashville families. Right. Like Darlings or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's cool. Uh, just never, never, they just never got together and did Again, that. Again, Latchkey kids, we, we got to either like play our own like solo act mm -hmm. <laughs> or imagine or play our air guitar in our room <laughs> by ourselves. Word. Thank you so much for coming. Sky White is great. Let's do this again. Hey, man, any time. And that was the Vienna Wood Dancing Bee, one of my all-time favorites. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. And that was Johnny Glenn. Yeah. And that was very, very fun. And so we had a good time. Uh, next week, we should have Dr. Ann Guzzi with us. We have a doctor coming. All right. She's not a medical doctor, though. I do have a medical doctor lined up, though. Hmm. I'm, 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 I'm working on some really cool guests. I got some I got some cool people coming in. I got, uh, uh, as promised, John Farmer's coming in to see us soon. And I got some other people coming up, some surprises. We have a surprise. We're recording Cult Movie Cantina this week. As well, and we have a surprise guest, so that will air next Wednesday. Uh, we'll have a surprise guest, hopefully for that. I think Steph's worked that out. We have uh, Justina's on vacation with her; the girls are camping, so uh, it worked out perfectly. So we have a guest, so we have a guest in her spot. And then the following week, when we do the cult meeting, Justina will be uh, with with us, but Steph won't because Steph's at Disney celebrating her her twenty uh, ninth birthday. Yep. <laughs> so, so there, that'll be fun. Uh, and then hope, and then after that is MobileCon, so we'll we'll be at MobileCon. I have not picked the movie for that yet. I have a couple of weeks. I have okay. to figure that out. But um, Steph's already kicking ideas for Pensacon, um, for Cult Movie Cantina, and yeah. uh, she's she shared with me. Yeah, we hung out last night at karaoke because that's what we do. And um, she shared with me. Um, Alan Oberheimer is going to be at. 
hmm. Pentagon. And you're, before I can tell you who he is, where you look it up. Yeah, Skeletor. Yeah. So he's animated. Yeah, and, yeah he, he's animated Skeletor. Oh, okay, animated. Right. However, uh, he's also in a little movie that we've done before, but not not in the, the not so much in this. Not not on video. We we did it. And she's like, we should revisit the never ending story because he's a voice of voice of Falcor. Okay. So that may be a possibility. Well, that may be a possibility. I was also just looking at who else is on the guest list. Oh, there's not a lot of people right no. now. They just started. No, yeah. Uh, a couple of people from um, Mandalorian. They got uh, two Jawas. And then they got um, got, Casey somebody, Jones. got somebody from Demon Slayer. Yeah, um, Casey Jones, who's uh, Black uh, Carrie Chris, Jones. Yeah, Black Chris Hansen. Carrie Jones is great. Oh, he's fantastic. He's gonna be fun to meet. That's all excited to meet him too, because she's into the special effects, and that's what he does. That's um, a Doom Patrol actor. Yeah, Pentagon's gonna be great. Yeah. Mobicon's gonna be great. Um, and then we're all, you know, I'm gonna be in Shreveport in June, so that'll be fun too. And then I'm looking at GCX in June as well. Where's GCX X? That's in Orlando. That is right. That's in Orlando. So we're traveling, going all over the places. It should be fun, though. Uh, again, you can rate and subscribe to us on any podcast app. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tuesdays with Scotty. And please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Mobcast Network. It helps. We want to grow. We want to grow with you. So this is Scotty saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make you.